This podcast is recorded and produced on Gadigal land as well as other parts of Australia. In the spirit of reconciliation, Women's Agenda acknowledges the traditional custodians of country nationwide and their connections to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to Fertility Unfiltered, a Women's Agenda special podcast series supported by Jenea Fertility. Through this series, we aim to break down common misconceptions, shatter stigmas and provide a platform for those whose voices have been silenced. We'll challenge society's limited understanding of fertility, amplifying stories that celebrate the beauty of diverse paths to parenthood. I'm your host, Tala Lambert. How do you plan a career around having a baby? It's a question many ambitious people come to at some point in their life. The good news is you don't have to choose between the two and there are some exciting changes happening in workplaces around the country that show us why. I'm Tala Lambert, Editor-in-Chief at Women's Agenda, and I've been speaking to leading fertility specialists around Australia to find out what you need to know about getting pregnant and growing a family in today's fast-moving world. In this episode, we're stepping out of the doctor's office and into yours. That's right. We're going to where you work. Whether you're in an exciting career and have been thinking about how to fit a new family in there, or if you're an employer wanting to better support your teams as they grow or start families, today you'll find out what the best family-friendly workplaces do so their people feel empowered to thrive at work and at home. You'll be hearing from an organisation that is setting a great example on how employers can be there for teams going through serious life changes, like pregnancy loss. You'll also hear from Emma Walsh, the founder of Australia's first dedicated return-to-work service for parents. The Parents at Work founder is a mum of three, and her service has now helped thousands of working mums and dads juggle work and family life. So if you're planning to have a baby, she says there are some important conversations to start having. There are moments that matter in our life where we have to really sit down and think about what we really want. You know, what's important to us? Where have we landed right now? Where are we going? Um, What are all the things we're trying to accommodate? Because things change and um, sometimes we can find ourselves at a point where, you know, we're just so busy on the hamster wheel, if you like, just going through the motions that we're not taking stock of actually where we've got to in our work or our personal goals. So I always think if you're in a position where you're thinking about undertaking fertility treatment, you're in the midst of that and you're thinking right, where's this all going? You know, how is how am I, you know, holding all of this together? It's a really important time in your life to really take stock and go, okay, where am I at with my work and my career goals? Is this meeting my changing needs, my changing personal needs? And if not, why not? And what can I do about it, first of all? And if it is, then great. And, and how is it that I would like to see this transition? Because it is really a transition. And sometimes we don't necessarily think about it like that because we think about the transition doesn't happen until we have the baby. But I don't think that's true. I think many of us actually do go through a preparedness for having and starting a family about kind of sort, sorting out in our minds and our lives about what's important to us and what we want set up and established before that happens. And so I do think it's a great time to take stock and really imagine yourself continuing. You know, how do I envisage this in a couple of years time around working out for me? What kind of role would I imagine myself moving into once I'm a mother or a father? How can I start to think about how to have those important conversations in an upfront kind of way? Because 
my view always is if we can have upfront conversations, first of all, with ourselves and our partners about what we really want, then those conversations can be really rich. They lead to really great input from others and you get to talk out loud about what really matters to you. And in doing so, you can, you know, they almost unlock the next conversation that are really important to have, you know, whether it's your leader or your broader workplace or your HR team or whatever it might be, um, to really think about, well, what's the next piece of information I need in order to help make this transition, if you like, that I'm going through, as I said, easier for me. Over the last few episodes, we heard about the roller coaster journey you may go on as you navigate fertility challenges and other obstacles to getting pregnant. These can impact you physically, emotionally, and interpersonally. As you navigate your way through all of this, one key piece of advice that keeps coming up is to have a supportive network of people around you, and that includes your employer. This may feel a bit uncomfortable, especially if you work somewhere that doesn't feel like it would be safe to open up about what you're going through with trying to get pregnant or what you may need to feel supported in your job when kids are added to the picture. But Emma says it's worth finding someone to talk to. I know it's not always easy having been worked in an HR department myself. I know it's not always easy to go and talk to your leader or HR team to seek out support when you need it. And I often say if you've got someone in the organisation who's a mentor, someone you trust, someone that you know that could be a confidant for you, to be able to try and seek that person out and have start to have those conversations with them around, you know, what you're thinking and what help you might need and what do they think and so on. Because as I said, these conversations, they often unfold what you kind of need next and people often will have really helpful pieces of, you know, thoughts or advice that might actually be valuable. So I really encourage you to talk about it. And then finally, I guess, if you think that this is a bit of a gap in your organisation and you think you've got something of value that you can add to the conversation, then it's always, I think, a great idea and often helpful for HR people if you're willing to join some kind of conversation, some kind of employee action group where you say, hey, you know what, I think we don't have a lot written about this or a lot of policy that we could improve around uh, paid parental leave, including fertility. Um, have you thought about that? I'd be prepared to help out on, on improving a policy for our organisation if you'd be happy for me to do that. You know, so really sort of making yourself part of the conversation so that you can start to think about how you can drive policy change in your own organisation. I'm always blown away by how sometimes the most amazing changes are made to an organization's policies around HR, whether it be paid parental leave, flex or whatever, because one person, you know, in the beginning spoke up and said something. So don't underestimate your voice, um, your ability to impact change. And I guess then finally, if you think, no, I don't think I can do any of those things in my organization and I don't feel safe talking about fertility and I don't feel safe being able to, yeah, openly um, have these conversations maybe an honest conversation with yourself around whether that's the right workplace for you. If hearing that has made you wonder whether you are in the right workplace, I've got some good news. Many employers in Australia are switching on to the fact that if they want to have an outstanding workforce, they need staff who feel empowered both at home and work. So there are workplaces around the country right now where people of diverse backgrounds feel safe and fully supported to do their work while starting or growing families. Good employers are realising that they get more productivity and happier teams with family-friendly and inclusive policies fostered by great workplace culture. 
With a bit of early planning and reflecting on what you really want, you may be able to find an employer that can better support you with your changing needs. In one respect, Australia is actually doing really well in terms of the support that many employers are actually offering employees to support with family matters, whether it be paid parental leave or any other complex um, or other caring arrangements. Because really largely in this country, there's been an expectation that employers fill the gap on, in fact, Australia's quite low paid parental leave scheme offered by government. So what we've seen over the last decade or more is employers stepping in to actually offer more generous family support services to employees. Encouragingly, we are seeing employers that are building those into their paid parental leave schemes, everything from fertility, taking time out, flexibility around appointments for fertility treatments, right through to what happens when things don't go to plan and how can we use and lean on the paid parental leave policy to actually allow people time off during perhaps cases of early pregnancy loss. But equally, as I said, to attend um, medical appointments and increasingly it's encouraging to see that that's being made available for all employees, not just the person who might be undergoing the fertility treatment themselves, so partners of people undergoing the fertility treatment too. While there is still much work to do, initiatives like family-friendly workplaces are seeing a growing number of employers from small businesses to bigger organisations wanting to be recognised as places where parents can thrive in both their career and personal lives. Because of that slow burn from government investment in it, then we, are, we do see quite a lot of employers investing in you know, good family-friendly workplace policy practices like fertility treatment, which is great. And um, we know this because we've got lots of companies stepping forward to be benchmarked against our family-friendly workplace uh, national work and family survey uh, standards, I should say, that we launched a couple of years ago. So we're starting to encourage employers to come forward and, and let us know what they're doing so that we do have a pattern emerging as to what employers are actually investing in. One employer that's been leading the dial is QBE Insurance, which not only works directly with its own employees to develop a supportive culture and policies, but it has partnered with organisations like Parents at Work on projects like family-friendly workplaces. It also works closely with non-profit, the Pink Elephant Support Network, to get informed expert advice on how to be there for staff in the best way when they are coping with serious life changes like pregnancy loss. QBE's Head of Diversity and Inclusion, Catherine McNair, says they do this because it's not just about writing great policies, but finding ways to bring these to life for the people in the organisation. QBE are a founding partner of family-friendly workplaces. So we, uh, with any area that we commit to, is really making sure that we partner with the subject matter experts externally. So we've been guided um, and had the privilege to work with family-friendly workplace founders, both UNICEF and Parents at Work, but also Pink Elephants have played a really significant role, um, knowing this is a really complex topic in terms of looking at early pregnancy loss, but also fertility, and really understanding the complexity, the language, uh, the approach and the support that needs to be put in place. So I think any workplace that is looking at this is really understanding that 
the experience of our people is so much more than a policy sitting on a shelf or on your intranet. It's about how you bring that to life, but how you have the visibility, how you have the lived experience and the stories, but also the language and the way that you embedded in the workplace is really important. And that's where in our flexible leave policy recently, we've included uh, four days leave, which enables people to attend their appointments related to fertility, uh, to spend time recovering um, from those appointments and just acknowledging that particularly for people who are going through fertility treatment, it can be a particularly difficult time and to support them through that. So really, I think anchoring back to our culture of care, which is something that QBE is really known for, to make sure that the people who are having that experience, which might not be me as the person writing the policy, can really see that there's an authenticity within that and that it isn't just a tokenistic gesture, that it's you know has been well thought through and that the organisation is taking a lens to really understand what it is that people may need and how that support may need to be made available. Pink Elephants is a support network built on the idea of creating a circle of safety and protection around people who are going through pregnancy loss. This includes loss that happens before 12 weeks. According to Pink Elephants, an estimated 282 pregnancies are lost every day. When you think about that, and the number of individuals and couples working through fertility issues, it's critical that workplaces are supporting people through such intense and distressing experiences. To help, the nonprofit offers a workplace support program, offering organisations like QBE specialised training and insight on how to respond effectively when needed. So QBE introduced additional leave a couple of years ago for people who were experiencing pregnancy loss. So I might start there. And this started with an association with the Pink Elephants Group back in 2021, uh, where we noticed that we were getting more and more requests coming through from our people who had experienced pregnancy, but then actually had some kind of loss. Um, And as we know, that experience can be really diverse from the the number of losses, but also the type of loss. So what we aimed to do was ensure that our people and their partners felt supported during that time. So we actually extended our full paid parental leave policy to all employees, which is 12 weeks over 24 months, acknowledging that the experience, as I already said, is diverse, but that loss is not a moment in time, that it takes time to heal emotionally and mentally and physically, and that there can be a number of events that occur in the future where people need that ongoing support, you know, thus the the 24 months being made available to people. So what we see there is, you know, Pink Elephants will talk about future pregnancies and something called scanxiety, where people really need time a couple of days beforehand, perhaps just to mentally prepare themselves for a scan, knowing that, you know, we can all turn up to work, but are we are we there mentally and acknowledging that, you know, there's there's something about acknowledging people need time um, to prepare themselves, but also due dates, anniversaries, um, and just days where people are not really feeling themselves. Thinking like this starts from a position of care, which Catherine says is really important for any employer. By partnering with nonprofits and other specialist advocacy groups, 
you can develop a much more sophisticated insight and understanding of what you can do as an employer to better support the people you work with. The more courageous you are as a workplace to have those challenging conversations, uh, the more it normalises the conversation for people, the more it supports people leaders to understand what that experience is and what the resources are that we can offer our people. And the more then I think that you will have people who who will come forward and seek out those resources. But a lot of it as well is in the storytelling and people being prepared to share their experience as well. So there's a couple of ways that we've brought this to life. One is I would speak to family and domestic violence initially, uh, where we actually stood up a network where we knew that having a network in place, if we were to have a policy and offer people support, what is going to be the experience if people do come forward, uh, but they don't feel that the person they're speaking to understands their experience. So networks are really important, first responder networks. And we did exactly the same thing with our early pregnancy loss policy. So what we did there was work with Pink Elephants, who run a workplace program. And we had four people who uh, had had lived experience of early pregnancy loss, all very different experiences and Pink Elephants supported them through their workplace support program to receive training. So they're not counsellors, but they do know how to respond and they refer people onto uh, QBE's internal support. But the role they play is twofold. One is to support our people who have experienced loss and really provide them with that compassion and care, someone who has had a similar not the same experience to them and can provide that listening ear because we know 74% of women will say they did not feel supported during their experience of loss and that includes in the workplace. So that's really important that people do not suffer in silence on this issue. The second thing is um, I mentioned that it's twofold in terms of the support the network plays is that it is an immediate support for people leaders who may have been aware that someone in their team has experienced loss, um, but the network is actually able to guide them through how to have a respectful conversation with those people because we know uh, Pink Elephants do a lot of great campaigns around at least and they're the comments people do not want to hear, at least you're young, at least you were able to get pregnant. Um, they are really minimising the person's experience. It's diminishing their experience of loss. And so it's really important that the network can guide people through how to have a conversation. So you have your policy, I think, is a real baseline, but how you bring it to life is through having some courageous people who are prepared to share their story of loss and then also having a very visible network who are the point people to then provide that support, but making sure that they are emotionally supported as well, which is where the workplace program that Pink Elephants provide is really important. The other thing that we continue to build is with the Pink Elephant Support Network, we realised that a lot of people, um, when they had their experience of loss, may not have known about the network, but were guided to them quickly. And what we've done this year is 
actually invited our network and Pink Elephants to host a quarterly forum. And what that does is just raises awareness of early pregnancy loss for all of our people. So it's a quarterly forum available to everyone uh, located in um, our Pacific Islands, Australia and New Zealand to join Pink Elephants and our peer support network to hear about um, the experience of loss, why we're talking about it as a workplace, um, taking a very inclusive approach to making sure that it's the breadth of the experience, so the LGBTIQ plus experience, which of course will really play into the fertility surrogacy um, space as well. In addition to providing your staff with great workplace policies, opportunities to share their experiences and a culture where people feel safe opening up, the best family-friendly and inclusive workplaces keep reviewing what they do. They also keep the door open for feedback. If employees don't feel comfortable and supported around this, a podcast episode like this may have them rethinking whether it's worth continuing to work for you. At QBE, Catherine says feedback from employees has been fundamental to how they operate. I think that's how a lot of our policies have iterated is listening to our people and hearing about um, where the gaps may be in terms of the support people need. So for us, if I reflect on the early pregnancy loss um, policy that was launched back in uh, 2021, and we've since reviewed that um, with Pink Elephants to make sure that the language continues to reflect current state, um, that it's on point with what people would expect to see in a policy, but also to make sure that with any policy that you have, that your people don't need to ask questions. So is it really clear if, if you read it across the diverse um, experiences of your people and the diversity of the community that they all represent, would there be a question from anyone uh, there? So is it inclusive of partners? Is inclusive of surrogacy? Is it inclusive of, you know, the diversity of the experience? So really making sure that when you are writing a policy that you're seeking out that subject matter expertise, um, you're making sure that the language is as they would recommend um, as the subject matter experts and that it's respectful and as inclusive as it can be in terms of its intent. So what you don't want is your people already going through a really difficult experience and then having to ask if it applies to them. And that's not a situation where you want to have your, your people put into. So in terms of feedback from people, I think with any conversation you're having in the workplace around challenging topics, people are very appreciative of, of having an opportunity to either join a forum um, or know that their experience is one that there is going to be some level of awareness within the organisation. I mean, that doesn't mean that because we have a policy and a network and we have lots of information on our internet pages that we're expecting everyone to be an expert in this space, but certainly it makes it a lot easier for people to um, raise their own experience and to seek the support that they may need. So the feedback uh, from our people is one that is really valued. It um, is very much anchored in our culture of care at QBE, but equally the feedback from people leaders is just how valuable having the Pink Elephant Support Network is to guide them through those um, conversations with their team members and make sure that they are done in a 
way that doesn't minimise loss, it doesn't diminish their experience, but it also helps people, I think, to shift gears in their own mindset of it's a moment in time. And that's really important in this experience, particularly going through fertility treatment, where we know with fertility treatment, one in six couples um, experience fertility issues. And that in terms of loss, that can be anywhere from one in three and one in four employees having that experience. So these are not small numbers of people. I mean, for some people, it may just be knowing that support is there. You know, they may not access it, but it's just knowing that, you know, if they do at some point in the future want to access it, that support is there for them. Having policies that do reflect the diverse experiences of your people, whether they are menopause, whether they are around compassionate care for any kind of loss that an individual experiences. I mean, just touching on that, we've just added bereavement leave for third parents also within our flexible leave policy. So it's acknowledging, you know, we come to the workplace as people and we all bring very diverse lived experiences and they are the experiences we have, but also that are partners for people who are in a partnered relationship. The diversity of who those people are, but also the way they are responding as well can be very different. And so it's acknowledging that, you know, that support is there for people and partners of people who have experienced loss and knowing that, you know, whatever that means for them is okay and that support is there for them to access as and when they need it. Like QBE is demonstrating, Emma Walsh from Parents at Work says the best family-friendly workplaces are led by people who have taken a stance, a stance that your workforce is made of human beings with a breadth of diverse experiences, including obstacles to starting a family or changing obligations as new parents. As employers, leaders and executives, you can empower people through this journey. You can't assume that an employee is going to feel naturally comfortable to go and talk to their leader about this and that they might need time off or that they're struggling with this. So it's super important that we actually have this written down um, really clearly for an employee to be able to see. And that's why I talk about having a stance, having this conversation at the leadership table with an executive to go, what is our stance when people are expecting family or wanting to start a family or struggling with family challenges in our business? What are we going to say about it? What are we going to do? And how do we clearly communicate that to our workforce so they know and they don't have to go seeking out that information through, you know, word of mouth or perhaps, you know, as I said, awkward conversations they might have to have behind closed doors with people because they don't feel that culturally it's acceptable to have these conversations. So it, it really matters to have it written up and, you know, paid parental leave policy is, is a great place to start. Um, another place to start is, you know, certainly around making sure that when you look at your um, paid parental leave policy that does have a section specifically saying, um, not sort of a fine one-liner statement <laughs> that's hard to, to find, but actually a particular segment um, that talks about uh, fertility and early pregnancy and, you know, how, how you can support with that. I think the second thing is making sure that that policy is well understood and communicated properly within the organisation's um, leaders leadership positions because if we don't have leaders actively supporting their employees with all of these kind of work-life challenges, it doesn't matter whether it's fertility treatment or any other kind of family caring 
you know, complex challenge an employee might be dealing with, then we're not really properly equipped as leaders to make sure that we're getting the best out of, you know, our employee, that we're there for them when they need us and vice versa. So this is about making sure that we're leading inclusively. We call it being an inclusive leader to really deeply understand that this is normal. Everyone has a life outside of work. It doesn't always go to plan. And leaders must have a responsibility, if you like, in being able to understand how we have those conversations openly and how we, in fact, work together to uh, overcome some of those challenges. So leaders really need to be part of the conversation. If you're wondering why any of this would be worth the time, Emma, who has worked with employers around the country, says it really boils down to one thing. How much should an employer care about this stuff? Um, And I guess my response always to this as a business owner myself as well is well what is the cost of not caring and i think we don't always think about what's the on flow effect of if we we all know you know i think that it costs a lot of money (laughs) to hire people into companies um to train them to you know you pass on you know knowledge to them you want to retain people particularly great people in your workforce and we know as i said that anytime anything could happen in an employee's life where things don't go to plan they get sick they have fertility challenge whatever it might be they have a baby and we as a work workplace have to work out well how do we in that moment best retain that person and work with them through that period of time because otherwise the investment that we're making in that person from the get-go is lost and that's a cost. Not only is it a cost to the individual, I guess, in the individual organisation, the bottom line of that organisation, but also to the individual themselves. And so this is about how do we keep the connection between an employee and their workplace as best as possible. Investing in you know any kind of family-friendly policy and culture of your organization including fertility treatment really has this you know ongoing impact that is well beyond just the individual employee I guess that benefits from that the ongoing ripple effect that all the research says that if we can support employees to have lower work-life conflict not only do we have better engagement better productivity but the ripple effect onto that individual's family and loved ones is enormous particularly children It's encouraging to know employers around the country are slowly stepping up to meet the needs of people who are starting or growing their families. As our guests today have shown, workplaces can thrive while giving space to employees to do the things they need to do, pursue dreams outside their career ambitions, such as having a child. And when employers take the additional steps to better understand the nuances and obstacles such journeys can bring, they can better support their staff and make sure people feel fully valued as they navigate both their personal and working lives. So whether you're in an exciting career and have been thinking about how to fit a new family in there, or you're an employer wanting to better support your teams with changing needs, I hope this episode has given you some answers, or at least a little bit of courage to start some important conversations. Thank you for listening in today, and a huge thank you to our guests, Emma Walsh from Parents at Work and Catherine McNair from QBE Insurance. In the next episode, we're going to unpack IVF. You can listen to that and past episodes by subscribing to the Fertility Unfiltered podcast, which you'll find on all streaming platforms. I'm Tyler Lambert. I'll see you next time.